0: Good morning Church, good, morning. good to be here in this sunny but cold Sabbath morning, actually it's already afternoon, uh, but before we open our open God's word, let's just uh, one more time bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your mercy and grace that you let us into your house and we can still freely worship you. On your day, Lord, we are pleading that you will bless us with your Holy Spirit, that we will hear your word and be not just the hearer of your word, but doer of your will. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious name. Amen. amen. So, if we hear the word Alzheimer or dementia, what do we think? What comes into our mind? Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. What else? It's sad, devastating, right? Right. I remember working as a nurse with one of my patients who had a kind of early stage of Alzheimer, and I remember going into their house, and um, and it was a really well-to-do family. The husband was a oral surgeon, and the wife was always. You know, on top of everything, and I remember seeing her and the frustration because she she forget things, you know, everyday things that she forget people's names, she forget uh, forgot certain words, so she couldn't communicate. So she realized that something is wrong. And and the frustration, the upsetness that uh, this lady experienced—it was—it was really, really sad, really pitiful. I, um, one of our, um, Adventist um, dietitian in, um, in the West Coast, uh, he had a book about um, Alzheimer, and uh, I recommended this book to this lady, and the. In desperation, and they ordered it right away. Um, unfortunately, the husband died, so I lost contact with them, and I had to work somewhere else. But I, I don't think I will ever forget the frustration that that lady had over her disease. So she knew that, that she has some dementia, some cognitive issues, and she just couldn't handle it. She just, you know, it just overthrew her moods and feelings. Because dementia, you know, in autism is one of the type of dementia, many dementia out there. It attacks your cognition, it attacks your uh, memories, and um, and it just really, though your body is somewhat healthy, when your mind is gone, you're gone, you're gone. Um, I remember another person, and the wife was. It, the husband had the Alzheimer's. And I had to tell the wife that, you know, you just remember what he used to be like. Because when, when this person got in these um, uh, mood swings and, and, and other um, expression of this disease, he, he could be violent. He, he was yelling at his wife and, um, and not remembering who she is. So I, I always told a wife that, "Hey, you know what? Just just don't take it personally. Uh, your husband is the one that you see it on a picture. What's in your memory? Um, yes, he is here with you, but in his mind, he's gone. He's he's not there. Unfortunately, it's a really really bad disease. And I don't want to scare anybody with this one, but let's just be honest to ourselves. Many times we also forget things, right? <laughs> we forget our." keys, or wallets. I mean, and, and, and forgetfulness is, is unfortunately part of almost on everyday life, I guess, most of us. For me, for sure. I remember when I was a child, my parents told me, hey, where did you do this? Uh, did you do your homework? And I said, oh, I forgot. So forgetfulness is unfortunate thing. That's why I think uh, God knows that. And how many part in the Bible we read that remember. We just have it in our Sabbath school. Remember the Sabbath, right? Remember because the rest of the world forget about it, right? the God says remember. Remember Lot's wow. wife. Yeah. Yeah. We have to remember that this is not our home, right? <laughs> we cannot take anything with us. And so what do you think Why should we remember the story of Balaam? Why should we remember? In order to get the answer, actually, it's in the in the in the verse, um, Micah six five, and thank you for reading the verse. Um, At the end it says that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. So this is why we have to remember this, this story, because this is how we can know, how can we remember of the righteousness of the Lord. Okay, let's see the story. Let's um, turn our page to, uh, Numbers 22, and we are going to read from the first verse. Then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, And Moab was accidentally afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field and Balak the son of Zippor was king of Moabites at that time then he sent messengers to Balaam the son of Beor, at Petor, which is near to the river in the land of the sons of his people to call him saying look a people has come from Egypt see they cover the face of the earth and, and are settling next to me Therefore please come at once curse these people for me for they are too mighty for me perhaps i shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land for i know that him whom you bless is blessed and he whom you curse is cursed so we know we all know the story right we, we, we know about the speaking donkey we know about the angel with a sword and we also we know that Balaam, instead of cursing Israel, he blessed. And one of the most beautiful blessings we can find um, among Balaam's blessing. Just, uh, let's just uh, um, turn to Numbers 23, 20 to 22, just to remind us what a beautiful blessing um, Balaam said. Uh, instead of cursing Israel, okay, twenty. Yeah, uh, twenty-three. Yeah, behold, I received the command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor he has seen wickedness in Israel. Now it was before Baal Peor you remember right just be, before the great apostasy but but this is what what uh, God is talking or saying about Israel the Lord his God is with him and the shot of the king is among them um, let's uh, God brings them out of Egypt he has strength like the wild ox let's see mm-hmm. another blessing on the next Chapter twenty four five to seven. Another beautiful picture of Israel. And if you read the um, uh, patriarch and prophets, I mean, I mean, Balaam really saw God's blessing on these people. They just came out, you know, forty plus years earlier from Egypt. But but what he saw is how God sees His people. How level, How lovely! All your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens by the riverside, like lot planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. He shall pour water from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be excited. Now Agag was the name of those Moabite kings. You know that. So, so when Balaam blessed Israel with this blessing, he knew that you know those kings, though they were mighty kings, Agag, Israel will be greater than that. And especially if you read verse uh, 17, when another again beautiful. Blessing, but also a prophecy that uh, pointing out pointing out to Jesus, I see him, but not now, I behold him, but not near a store shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of to, so we can see that God, out of his righteousness, can turn curse to be a blessing so no matter where you are where you're coming from what have you done in your life remember this god can turn the curse to be a blessing and only he can do that and this is this is this is something that we have to hold on to it um now i'm not preaching about prosperity gospel here there's there's no because God's blessings are different than how we perceive blessings right he sees more than our 70 80 90 years he sees millions and million years in with him he sees the eternity with him and based on Romans 8:28 everything everything works out for good for those who love him right so this is God's blessing. Everything that he can arrange things in your life, though may you have some bad choices, that at the end he can turn things around and it can become a blessing at the end. Um, E.G. White has a wonderful quote. I didn't write it down when, he said, when she said that, uh, you know, um, if he would see from the end, uh, uh, you know, uh, to the beginning uh, if you see the beginning from the end then we would choose the same way how god led us right and 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 this is a this is a great thing that we know that god is in control and he is in the business of saving all of us i mean it is really sad that most of the people on this earth they don't know it or they don't care about it so According to Romans 8:28 everything is a blessing that God allows in your life. Yes, we can have pain, loss, sickness, but at the end we will see the power of God, how he turns or the curses in our life to be a blessing. Um, but let's just uh, dig a little bit deeper because there is one curse that God that cost God everything. To deal with sin, because sin brought the biggest curse, death to this earth, because separation from God, and that's what sin does, equals dying, withering, and uh, because He's a a source of life. So, how do we read in Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin, but gift. Yes. But if we just look at that this is the consequences of sin, the death, the curse. This is why Paul or chapter later says that, oh, wretched man, who can free us from this situation? Now, now this is where I think my mind, <laughs> my comprehension gives up. Because if we go to Galatians three thirteen, we read a a a so deep and mind-boggling verse. Galatians 3.13 Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and you know we know sin by the law having become what? A curse for us, for it is written, "Curses everyone who hangs on the tree." I mean, I mean, can you can you fathom that? I mean, I mean, Jesus became a curse for us, just to redeem us. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I I I have a trouble time to see how much God loves us. Uh, just, to, just to redeem us from this desperate state. And in the Sabbath school, we, 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 I'm so glad for the Sabbath schools because it can really teach us what does it mean to be saved, to grasping this promise that God gave us. It, it's not the righteousness by work, it's by faith in God's goodness. And God and Jesus became a curse for those who cursed him while he was hanging on the cross. And uh, why God turns this curse to be a blessing? Why did He do it in Israel? Let's see Deuteronomy twenty three five. Why does he do that? 23.5 23 5 Never has the Lord your God would not descend to Balaam but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because because the Lord loves you so so this is what leads us to repentance God's goodness god's love leads us to nothing else not not of a um, fearfulness from the death it, 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 that's why Darwin became a atheist because the the way how he was rose up he just couldn't imagine the God a god who puts people into purgatory and just living them. no it is the love of God, the only thing that can Lead us to repentance, Amen. and um, and and that's what we have to see here. See God's love as He was hanging on the cross became a curse, so He can redeem us from the curse. and And this is the greatest blessing that you can ever experience. Now, um. Roma 2, four says, this is what leads us to repentance. If we understand this love, if we accept his love, if we let this love transform us, then this will be our greatest blessing. A transformed character that reflects Jesus. We had a question of, in the Sabbath school that how can we really... Um, Call the Sabbath day a delight. If Jesus lives in us. (laughs) That's the, that's the simple answer. If He lives in us, yes. And how can have peace even in the worst circumstances? How were the martyrs going into those horrible, you know, arenas and, and singing while the lions and other beasts were just about to devour them? How did they have peace? Only if Jesus lives in your heart. Yes, Amen. Amen. Now there is a quote that I would like to read at the end that shows that it is not easy for God. Sometimes we think when we are going through all these tribulations that that uh, that how God can allow these things to happen with us. But let me just share a quote from the book of education that I think I I'm sorry if I already shared it in previous occasions but this just shows that it is not easy for God it is not easy so education page 263 those who think of the resort of hastening or hindering the gospel think of it in relation to themselves and to the world think of its relation to God. Few give thought to the suffering that sin has caused our Creator. All heaven suffered in Christ's agony, but that suffering did not begin or end with His manifestation in humanity. The cross is a revelation to our dull senses of the pain that, from its very inception, sin has brought to the heart of God every departure from the right every deed of cruelty every failure of humanity to reach his ideal bring grief to him when there came upon Israel the calamities that were the true result of separation from god subjection subjugation by their enemies cruelty and death it is said that His soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and he bare them and carried them all the days of the old. His spirit maketh intercession for us with groaning, which cannot be uttered, as the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together. The heart of infinite Father is in sympathy. There's a really hard one here. a world is a vast lazar house, it's a scene of misery that we dare not allow even our thoughts to dwell upon. Did we realize it as it is, the burden would be too terrible. Yet, God feels it all. He cannot just turn the channel. He cannot just look away. He sees all the horrible things on this earth. All lots of murders, abuse, pain, everything that this curse of sin brought to this world. In order to distress sin and its result, He gave His best Beloved. And He has put it in our power through cooperation with him to bring his scene of misery to an end this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations and then shall the end come see God sees the future not just the present and though he while he is seeing or present and he s- suffers suffers he already seeing the same time what he will do when we will live with him forever. So now, let's just hear a song at the end um, about this idea that this world is not our home. And I'm going to introduce my wife, Heidi Sinka, and she's going to share the song with you. Happy
1: Sabbath.
0: That he prepared for us. Let's close our worship by singing uh, hymn number 690. 618? Where is that? 618. Okay, 618. Okay, sorry.
1: And if we could all stand.
0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ, who became a curse for us to redeem us from this sinful life. Lord, may this redemption will be complete when Jesus comes back. Amen. So we would be ready. We would be reflect his character perfectly. Lord, we cannot do it for ourselves. But we are thank you that you will do it for us. That's why we just pleading that you would do that. And thanking you that you will do that. We surrender all. Lord, everything is yours. Our thoughts, our mind, our hearts. And please keep it. Keep it and purify it.